ever wondered why in the book of Acts, when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and said, this is that, that he focused the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy on prophecy itself. Notice what the word of God says. It says, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see visions and your young men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and upon my handmaidens will I pour out of my spirit, says the Lord, and they shall prophesy. Do we actually see prophesying in the upper room? That is a question that we're going to answer today. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and today we are going to be speaking to you about the attributes of prophecy. Don't miss it and call your friends. But before we do that, I want to invite you come to our website, and that is mydayofdestiny.com. That's mydayofdestiny.com. On the website, you can download all of our former uh, teachings and our podcasts that we have been doing recently, especially those on the gifts and the operations and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And also, beloved saints, you can become a partner with us. And also, I want to take this opportunity to invite you not to miss out on your copy of my latest book, Secrets of the Anointing, that was featured on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural. You won't want to miss it. You can get it on our website at mydayofdestiny.com. I'm Dr. Michelle, and I'm so excited to share with you today. So let's get started. Notice, beloved saints, that in Joel's prophecy quoted by Peter on the day of Pentecost, that the word prophecy is used twice in verse 17 and in verse 18. Let's make an analysis of this so that we can see very carefully what Peter is talking about when he is speaking about the miraculous manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says, beloved saints, here we see in the word of God in verse 17, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old, your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and my handmaidens will I pour out of my spirit. Now watch the last line. And they shall prophesy. So the question arises, where is the prophecy In the upper room, we see tongues and we see speaking in tongues with visions of fire. But is there actually prophecy? Beloved saints, I want you to understand something. In the biblical language, prophecy is not limited only to thus saith the Lord. I want you to see that in the book of Acts, prophecy particularly is being spoken of in the context of dreams and visions. 
I want you to understand the Bible says your old men will dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Visions are a form of prophecy. Dreams are also a form of prophecy. Not only do we see it stated here uh, in Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, and also in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. But I also want you to see, beloved saints, that prophecy in the form of visions and dreams is also spoken of in the book of Numbers as a prophetic prefiguring. A prophetic prefiguring, a foreshadowing, a type and a shadow of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer after the believer has been baptized in the spirit, submerged in the supernatural. Because baptism, as we know in the Greek language, looking at that word baptizo, literally meaning to be submerged. So when the believer is baptized in the spirit, the believer is submerged in the supernatural. Looking at Numbers chapter 12, beloved saints, and focusing on verse 6, we see in Numbers chapter 12, verse 6, that Miriam, the sister of Moses, who is also called a prophetess, began to speak, and so did Aaron against Moses. And the Bible says that the Lord heard it. Why? Because they said, has the Lord only spoken by Moses? Hasn't he spoken by us also? And the Bible says in verse 6, very important for us to note. Why? Because we are going to see that prophecy is not limited only to thus saith the Lord. We are going to see that there are many attributes of prophecy that operate in the life of the believer when the believer has become baptized in the Holy Spirit. That there are attributes of prophecy that literally when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, submerged in the supernatural, you have been baptized into the attributes of prophecy operating in your life. This is why the Bible says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, last line, the Bible says for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So it doesn't mean that every believer goes around saying, thus saith the Lord. But it does mean there are certain attributes that are miraculously manifested in the believer as a consequence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let's look at this example of how dreams and visions are actually attributes of prophecy, not only seen in Joel's word, as we see Peter quoting it on the day of Pentecost from Joel chapter 2 and Joel itself from the book itself in the second chapter. But we also see this supernatural similarity here in the book of Numbers, the 12th chapter and the sixth verse. Look at the scripture. The Bible says, and he said, Hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak to him in a dream. Notice what we see for the second time. We not only see dreams, visions as a result or 
as the consequence of prophecy in the life of the believer, as an effect of the life of the believer being submerged in the supernatural, such as what happened in the upper room when one is baptized in the Holy Spirit. But we also see this now prophetically prefigured and foreshadowed in Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak to him in a dream. Meaning, this text substantiates and supports what Peter was speaking about in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. That when one is submerged in the supernatural and one has been completely baptized in the Holy Spirit, the attributes of prophecy without saying, thus saith the Lord, are automatically released in the life of that individual. Now I want you to know, of course, it is the will of God. And we see that the Bible tells us that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are obtained through desire and through training. The Bible says, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh in an unknown tongue. I want you to understand, except he interpret. I want you to understand what Paul means here. Paul is speaking about the ability to have the attributes of prophecy operating in the life of the believer first and foremost for the cause of edifying the church, not just edifying ourselves, but we should always seek to edify another. And so that will entail that we become proficient in prophecy. And how does that happen? That happens through yielding to the Holy Spirit and allowing our sharpening skills to be trained and sharpened by the word of God. Because the word of God is like a sword. It is a sharpening instrument. It is like a two-edged sword. So the believer that wants to excel in edifying the church, as Paul spoke to us about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Inasmuch as ye are desirous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel in edifying the church. So what does it mean to excel in edifying the church? And how does one become so proficient in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that one begins to excel? I want you to see this. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12, for as much as you are zealous or desirous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel. That means be brought to the place of proficiency, that you may excel in edifying the church. Now, beloved saints, this means that we will ask the Holy Spirit to take the word of God. This is why, beloved saints, the enemy wants to rob God's people of the word because the word of God is a sharpening tool. 
It is an instrument. It is a two-edged sword. It sharpens the senses of the believer. You see, we can't go by what our natural mind says or what we want to do in the natural. We have to have and prophesy out of the word of God that's already been deposited in us. And it becomes personal, powerful, prophetic, and relevant, and miraculously manifested in our lives. Let me give you a further example of this proficiency in prophecy. Let us look at the book of Daniel. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand that there are many forms of prophecy, and Daniel is a type and a shadow that shows us the attributes of prophecy. For example, seeing is a form of prophecy, seeing in the spirit. That means when Paul said to the church that is at Corinth, though I am absent in body, I am present with you in spirit. What does that mean? And he had the ability through the word of knowledge to tell the church at Corinth through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, through the work of the word of knowledge, which in itself also is an attribute of prophecy operating in him. What was going on behind closed doors without a fax and an email? How is this done? This is done, first of all, through the volumes of the word of God that is was inside of Paul. Secondly, this was done through the intentions of Paul, the intentionality of Paul that was only to live his life for the sake of the gospel and for others, that his entire being and life was to lay down his life for the church, to lay down his life for his brethren, to lay down his life. Just as why he said, for me, it's better for me to go home to be with the Lord, but it's more expedient for you that I stay. So I'm in a straight betwixt too, using King James language, meaning I rather prefer to depart and be with the Lord, which is far better. But for your sakes, I'm going to stay. So we see this love because all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate through love because love is the fulfillment of the Torah. It is the fulfillment of the word of God. It is the fulfillment of all the commandments. All the commandments are fulfilled in this one commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Paul said in Romans chapter 10, uh, excuse me, Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. But we also see that Paul was so led by the Holy Spirit and constantly activated the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of this of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So the more that you activate and allow the Holy Spirit to use you in the prophetic utterance or other attributes of prophecy that you pray about and you desire and that you seek after and that you confirm in the word of God and seek and verify through God's word, the more you are going to be used of God. And especially we are looking at the attributes of prophecy, which are dreams and visions, which were miraculously manifested on the day of Pentecost, spoken of by Peter 
by his sermon in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. And we see this substantiated and supported by Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak to him in a dream. We are also going to see this fact confirmed that we must understand seeing is a form of prophecy. Understanding is a form of prophecy. And we must also know that you can prophesy not just with your mouth, but you can prophesy with your life. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us about various orders of prophets. For example, we see the chief musician in the tabernacle of David by the name of Asaph. And Asaph, or also known as Asaph, who was the chief musician who composed Psalms 73 through 83 and also Psalm 50, was a seer. He was a prophet. Yet we do not see him saying, thus saith the Lord, nor do we see him going to David with a message or to anyone with a message. No, his prayers and his songs were prophesyings. Why? Because he was revealing the realm of the spirit and also revealing the hidden dark, dark expressions by dark. I don't mean dark in the sense of sin, but I mean dark in the sense of hiddenness dark in the sense of hidden treasures, dark in the sense of seeing through a glass darkly. I want you to understand that Asaph was able to bring to light the emotions of the soul, the feelings and the expressions of the heart, which is also an attribute of prophecy. How do we know? Because 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 30 refers to Asaph as Asaph the seer. And we see in 1 Chronicles chapter 25, verse 1, that the Bible tells us that Jeduthun and Heman and Asaph prophesied on their harps. So we see that there is a form of prophecy and an order of prophets that can actually discern the moment and can actually reveal the realm of the spirit through their prayers, through uh, unveiling the secrets of men's hearts, which the Bible speaks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that the unveiling of the secrets of men's hearts are not just the unveiling of the thoughts of man, what was on your mind early this morning and a prophetic utterance that tells you what you were thinking about this morning. This is not only it. But the, the perceptions of man's hearts, the thoughts of man's heart go deep down into one's being. And sometimes those thoughts are not able to be expressed and they need to be released. You see, there are some of you that have some issues inside of you that need to be released. And there are some of you that have praises inside of you, but your mouth has not yet uttered it. It is because you need the attribute of prophecy to be operating in your inward man, just like Asaph, who was a seer, who had the ability to express not only the realm of the spirit, because uh, one who has the ability to see outside one's natural sight, to be able to declare 
what one sees in the spiritual realm is also a form of prophecy. You do not need to say, thus saith the Lord to someone to prophesy. The prophesying upon the harp, as we saw with Asaph the prophet or Asaph the seer who was prophesying, revealed this realm of the spirit and the enemies of Israel and also foretold the destruction of the sanctuary that would be burnt by fire uh, hundreds and hundreds of years before it was burnt with fire. And we see that Asaph had the ability through his music because the music itself became a form of prophecy. I want you to understand how is it a form of prophecy? Because it opened up the emotions of man. It opened up the praises within the heart. It opened up the expressions of the heart, not like secular music. No, but by the movements of the spirit and the ability. This is why the Bible says they prophesied upon the heart because they would bring through the sound. The sound itself was prophetic. The sound itself expressed what was going on in heaven, expressed the moods of heaven, expressed the sounds of heaven, expressed the a heart of God in heaven. And oftentimes God reaches our heart, not just through words, but through music, through worship, through the expression of the spirit that is being released in these attributes of prophecy. We also see in the orders of prophets, Bezalel. Let's look for a moment at Bezalel. Bezalel is shown for us in the book of Exodus. Bezalel is definitely a prophet, but he is not going to use his mouth to prophesy, and we do not have any record of Bezalel being a one that goes to someone and says, thus saith the Lord. Yet his work is going to prophesy. That means what he is designing is not from this world. What he is designing is through the pattern given to Moses on the mount. And Bezalel is going to understand it. And he's going to design it. That is the tabernacle. And all of the furnishings and the designs of the tabernacle are going to be a form, an attribute of prophecy. What does that mean? That means that the uh, design of the tabernacle itself is going to prophesy. No, not with words. A building isn't going to speak any words. No, but the design prophesies. What does it prophesy? It prophesies to us what heaven is like. That means when I look at the spiritual similitude of the tabernacle and the temple, I am seeing what heaven is like. And this is an attribute of prophecy that was given to Bezalel in the order of prophets. Let's look at the word of God. The Bible tells us here in Exodus chapter 31, and I want you to see Exodus chapter 31, verse 1. 
The Bible says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bethsalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Here is one that was not yet baptized in the Spirit, but yet in the Hebrew Scriptures, in the book of Exodus, the Bible says, I have filled him with the Spirit of God. The Bible says, I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. So this means that understanding was an attribute of prophecy. Knowledge was an attribute of prophecy. And wisdom that did not come from this world, but to understand the spiritual realm was an attribute of prophecy. And we see these attributes of prophecy working through Bethsalel, who was filled with the spirit of God so that his architectural design would prophesy what heaven is like. You see, beloved saints, you say, Dr. Crowell, prove that to me. All right, let's go to Exodus chapter 25. And we are going to see in Exodus chapter 25, the Bible tells us in verse 40. The Bible uh, tells us in verse 40, as God is speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, when he received the divine design of the tabernacle, God admonished him saying, look and see that you make them after their pattern, which was shown thee on the mount. The pattern means the prophetic form, the prophetic prefiguring of this tremendous architectural design given by God to Bethsalel. Now, beloved saints, I want you to see, dear people of God, that we also see in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, the same attributes of prophecy operating through King David in the order of prophets. We don't see King David saying, thus saith the Lord. He does not go to Israel and begin to start prophesying the word of the Lord to Israel. Yet, we see that David is uh, quoted in scripture as a prophet. And what is his prophesying? Again, we see David prophesying not only in the Psalms, but we also see, beloved saints, that in First Chronicles chapter 28, the Bible says, Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch, and the houses thereof, and the treasuries thereof, and the upper chamber thereof, and the inner parlors. Verse 12, And the patterns that he had by the Spirit. I'm going to say this again. And his patterns that he had by the Spirit. Notice verse 29. All this, said David, the Lord has made me understand in writing by his hand upon me, even all the works of this pattern. So we see, beloved saints, that Asaph was a prophet, that Bethsalel was a prophet, prophesying without ever using the term, thus saith the Lord. We also see, beloved saints, that the patriarchs were also prophets. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 20, Abraham being a type and shadow of the New Testament believer, being a type and a shadow of those who walk by what they see by the spirit, not by what they see by the flesh. For the Bible says, we walk by faith and not by sight. 
So we see that the workings of faith, seeing the things that God has spoken to us that are not yet, but we're calling forth the things that are not as though they are. That's what Romans chapter four, verse 17 tells us faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not yet seen. What does that mean? Things you cannot see in the natural, but things you are hoping for that God has already spoken, that you already perceive and see through the realm of the spirit. You already see because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. You say, Dr. Corral, prove to me that Abraham was a prophet. Well, open to the book of Genesis, the 20th chapter and the seventh verse. And the Bible says that God said to Ahimelech, let that man go. Don't touch his wife because he is a prophet. So we must understand how was he a prophet? The Bible says that God said to Abram in Genesis chapter 12, Get thee out of thy house, thy father's house, and thy kin, and go to a land that I will show you. So this means Abraham, according to Hebrews 11, verse 8, went forth into a land that he'd never seen before, but he went by faith. Why? Because faith operates through the attribute of prophecy. You see, it's something you cannot see in your natural man, but it's something you know in your heart. It's something you see by the spirit because God's word says it. It's something your inward man perceives. And this is why Paul said in Ephesians chapter one, verse 17, that the spirit of revelation, let me read it to you from the word of God, that the God of your father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all glory may grant to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the understanding of your eyes being enlightened. What does this mean? This means that there are many forms of prophecy, beloved, dreams, visions, prophecy in prayer that we can be, we can exercise and utilize being submerged in the spirit. If we have been baptized in the spirit, we have been baptized into the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. Beloved saints, I want you to know that God is about to release prophecy in the life of the believer as never before. Because now is the time that we need to be led by the Spirit as we've never been led by the Spirit before. Those of you who need to make decisions and you don't know what decision to make, you can trust the anointing that abides in you. If you are in the word of God and the word of God is your anchor and your hope and you trust not in your own self, but you trust in God's word with all your heart and you trust and believe the Holy Ghost and trust him to lead you. You don't need a thousand signs for the Holy Ghost to lead you. All you have to do is confidently put your faith and trust in him and know, go by faith. Know that he is leading you and that he will not let you fall. Beloved, you will become proficient in prophecy and proficient in the gifts of the spirit the more you learn to depend on God. This is why it is so important that we never go outside the realm of the word of God and that we depend on God's word for everything. Rely on the rock, the rock, 
will not fail you. God's word is a rock. And the Bible says the anointing that you have received of him abides in you and you need not that any man teach you. What does that mean? You don't need teachers? No. That means that you don't need any man to confirm to you, to instruct you on which way to walk. The Holy Ghost who lives within you is going to lead you and say, this is the way walking in it. But the attribute of prophecy within you that you received through baptism in the spirit is going to cause you to know what the spirit of God is saying within you. That's why Paul says, I thank God in Romans 1, 9, who I serve with my spirit. And it's so important that your inward man, your inward man be led by the spirit. That's why the Bible says our spirit in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, for it is the spirit that beareth witness. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 6, because the spirit is truth. And the Bible says, hallelujah, that we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the Bible says the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. I'm going to say that again. Romans 8, 16, the spirit of himself or itself bears witness with our spirit. That is how the attributes of prophecy operate in the life of the believer. Beloved saints, I, I pray for you now. I pray that these attributes of prophecy of dreams, visions, these attributes of prophecy of praise, the praise that's locked up in your heart that you have not been able to express, just like Asif, who was called the chief musician, who in scripture is referred to as a seer in 2 Chronicles 29.30, who prophesied upon the harp. And also Abraham, who was also called a prophet, who never said, thus saith the Lord, but yet through his sight, not through what he saw in the natural, but what he saw through obeying God, through being led by the spirit is a prophet. Lord, I pray right now that you will activate the attributes of prophecy within the lives of your children and that they would follow you and be led by the spirit and come into your perfect will and into the highest dimension of destiny for Jesus sake. And everyone said, amen and Amen. Beloved saints, I want to thank you for joining us today on our teaching concerning the attributes of prophecy. I invite you today to go to our website. Our website is mydayofdestiny.com. If you go to our website, as our gift to you, you can download all of the former podcasts, learn, take these Bible lessons into your spirit, learn how to apply them to your everyday life and watch and see what God will do concerning your destiny and being directed divinely by the Spirit of God into your destiny. I also want to take this opportunity to invite you when you visit our website at mydayofdestiny.com that you also download your copy of my new book, Secrets of the Anointing, that was featured on Sid Roth's uh, telecast. It's supernatural. I want you to get your own copy, and you can do that by visiting mydayofdestiny.com. Also, for those of you that want to be part of worldwide evangelism, those of you who have a burden to help the poor, the marginalized, children that are orphans, those who have not enough food to eat, those who need clothing, 
and education in the name of Jesus, not in a secular sense, but all through his name. You can become a Hesed partner. You can be part of feeding children all over the world on a daily basis in India, in Uganda, in the Philippines, and many other places, as well as helping the persecuted church in Egypt, Pakistan, and India. I invite you, beloved saints, to go to our website at mydayofdestiny.com, or you can also uh, text to give through Hesed. That is Hesed, C-H-E-S-E-D, and text it to 77977. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and we'll see you very soon.